Hey boomers, welcome to Sonic, the poster mag, the podcast, your occasional interruption to your fortnightly guide to the wacky world of Sega and Sonic the Hedgehog and all that stuff, what they do, because sometimes, for a limited time, Sonic the Comic released a series of spin-off poster magazines, as you know from our previous, what, four special episodes? Five we've done at this point. Flipping yeah. heck! Well, well, no, 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 you're right, we did four episodes about okay. five issues. Uh, oh, that's yes, that's right. But still, that's more poster mags than I remember them doing. Because at this point, listeners, I had stopped buying the poster mags. I'd written them off as no longer interesting. But we still got a few of them left. So we thought, well, look, rather than fuss about with our schedule and do them now and then, let's just get it all done and let's call it a Christmas special. Basically, we did a few. We realised they were clocking in at fifteen minutes, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and it was like, well, time to just bundle the rest of these together after they're all said and done with. And the holidays always do seem like a good time to drop because that's when we uh, we dropped the first poster mag episode. Wasn't oh, it? was it? Oh, yeah. there you go, poster mags from Christmas to Christmas. Oh, which implies that that was their release schedule. Essentially, yeah. Well, doesn't. No, yeah, that's exactly what it was, yeah. One year, we've talked about it on the main show before, but yep, 1994 is now at an end, and it was the year of Sonic the Comic, you know, in addition to a regular fortnightly thing, they did, um, between two Christmases, you know, between 13 months, 14 months, not 12 calendar months, they did nine poster mags, plus a summer special and an Eternal Champion special. And in our quest to cover all this material... We couldn't leave any stone unturned. (laughs) So, yeah, we've got four poster mags here today, and we're Mm going to hit them one after the other. With our... Nose. (laughs) Cut that. No. (laughs) And we'll start with issue number six. Marble Garden Menace, written by Lou Stringer, with art by Mike Hadley, colours by Darren Stevens, and letters by Ellie DeVille. After the Kintabor computer alerts him to strange new badnik activity in the floating island's Marble Garden Zone, Sonic test drives the new Hyper Spring to propel himself up to the island, and Amy decides to tag along for the ride. She quickly proves her worth, blasting a badnik with her crossbow, and the Mobian released from inside the bot is able to tell Sonic about Robotnik's new creation, the Kombinik, which merges three badniks into one. The Kombinik soon attacks Sonic and Amy and seems almost invincible, but working together, the pair are able to lure it into a mud pit, destroying it. Tails then arrives in the biplane to ferry them home, just before Sonic is almost forced to admit that he and Amy might not be such a bad team after all. The cover to this one is incredibly familiar to me, and as I was looking at it, because I don't own these, so I'm looking at scans, and I I was going, no, wait, do I own this? But I'm probably just thinking of the advert for it in STZ. I'm sure they used the art there, did they? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Or, I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was the cover or the, or a clipped bit of art from the, no, no, it, that's it, it was in this instance, you're right, it was the cover, I think, that they used. They usually use a clipped piece of the poster, but in this case, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the cover. Cover is by interior artist Mike Hadley, looks like he's coloured it himself, because the Combinic is completely different colours to the interior. Oh, yes, and it's Sonic zooming along and punching the Combinic, which is just like a big robot man. Big mm. sort of wide robot man with a kind of original design Iron Man head sort of thing. It's supposed to combine three badniks into one, and it's got the legs of a mantis, which we were just talking about in a recent episode yes. about how they're backwards. Yeah. And it's got a like tunnel bot drills for arms, but the third thing isn't apparent. And frankly, mm. at this point, with Hadley's renditions of badniks, who even knows? Yes, because it's a combi nick, but it isn't three badniks don't combine oh, yeah. to make it. It's not like a Transformers combiner, no, it's just one badnik that has Who's elements got- of three badniks in one, yeah. Yeah, it surprises me that you would come up with that idea and then the reveal is that it's just a big robot rather than mm. having it combined during the story it would be quite good. And then they've got an inset image of the poster that this unfolds into, which of course is our mm. what only This is our only reference shot. Look point. At it, yeah. These things are not on the internet, yeah. No, the scanner hasn't uh, done them because you couldn't fit them in a scanner. But it appears to be, even though it's very low resolution, Sonic in what I'm going to call... Yeah, he's in a special zone, isn't he? And yeah. he's sort of jumping through space, appears to be, again, punching some Trooper Badniks. Trooper Badniks, or, yeah. 
Is it more than one? Yeah, more than one. Oh, uh, yeah, it's a couple. But he's punching them to bits, so they're just like a cloud of red bits. In that sort of weird, generic Mike Hadley punching way, where he's just hmm. sort of sailing through the air, vaguely close to them, has his hand flung out in a general direction, and there's a starburst, and things are just sort of exploding and coming to pieces in all directions. Yes. Um, it's a bit like, what am I thinking of? Is it the, the American cover to Sonic 3D that has a sort of a Sonic in that pose, just sort of smiling with a fist up or something? I'm not sure. Yeah, never mind. And then Robotnik in the background, just sort of looking Robotnik. Yeah. yeah. One forty-five. This was. Was it? Ten. Yeah, ten p more than the first five issues. Oh well. Keep an eye on uh, if that continues going forward. As to the strip itself, it's not. You don't know, like. I mean, I'm. I joke about Mike Hadley and everything, but I've always said he's sort of a reliable old hand of Sonic mm-hmm. the Comic. But um, Darren Stevens's colours are not doing him any favours here, are they? There's a certain look to it. Yeah, I can't... I, I'm not going to go as far as to say that there's anything, like, greatly wrong with it, but it just No, gives he hasn't it... coloured it wrong mm. or anything. The palette just seems off. I agree with that, and I will allow that that could be a problem with the scans, but it isn't a problem that's... Because there's an overall offness to the whole palette, but that's not been a, an issue with the other scans, so it probably is what it looks like. I am willing to say that it is just the way that it's coloured. I'm not willing to hedge it. It's like the whole thing is kind of purplier than it ought to be, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's you might not notice it right away. If it weren't for the fact that the first panel is Sonic talking to Kintobor, who should be a nice flesh tone, mm. and instead is so purple... Yeah, it, he looks really sunburned. He looks like a little grape. <laughs> the red balance is off. It's oversaturated. Mm. I'm not sure. Obviously, and we say the combinic is different colors to what Hadley drew on the cover. Yeah. A point Dexter shows up and it's the wrong colors. Yeah. But um, Knuckles pops up on the last page and he's pink. <laughs> pink, pink. So, you know, <laughs> can't be too dine on him. And there's not much difference between the pink of his head and the pink of his nose. I, I wonder if this was actually maybe a printing error. Like, maybe they did could have be, the red up be. too high. Yeah. Because it looks competently done, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, it's not a bad job or anything. It's just a colour issue, yeah. Mm, apart from the overabundance of red, it seems okay. So, I don't know, you might want to try putting that through a filter and see what happens. I mean, it's really all just those areas, though, you notice that? It's yeah. Only, it's only in the things that are pink. You know, Amy herself looks a little purpler than normal, you know. And the bits of Sonic that you that you notionally imagine as a sort of peachy yeah. flesh tone are, are just pretty much straightforwardly pink. Yeah, it's a funny one. But then, but then Knuckles is just pink. But also look at page two, top right-hand corner, the big Sonic springing up. Mm-mm. I think the blue has too much purple in it there, so it could be. Yeah, it could be. be. Don't know. But it's not like there's not like a pink to the white of his eyes. Anyway, this issue came out on or before September 17th. We don't know when it came out because they never told us. The first we heard of it Mm. was an ad in issue number 35, which came out on September 17th that said it was out now. So therefore we know it was either then or before. But it's a little hard to date chronologically, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We've got the underground base. Underground base is there. Well, basically, it's because Knuckles still thinks that Sonic is his enemy. As mm. you say, Knuckles only pops up in the final panel and goes, ooh, Sonic's been here like he smells him. Yeah. <laughs> Not literally, but, you know. Sonic notes during the story that uh, Robotnik has tricked Knuckles into thinking he's a bad guy. So it's not just the traditional Sonic and Knuckles rivalry. This is still at a point when Knuckles thinks Sonic is a bad and still under the influence of Dr. Robotnik, which he only stops thinking after he rescues him from the the base. So Hmm. you you kind of have to chronologically place it between Enter Knuckles and uh, the power of the Chaos Emeralds. So I guess that would mean that Dr. Robotnik is in the cell under the base right now. Oh, right. (laughs) When this story occurs. But then the problem is... So where did the combinet come from then? Yeah, that doesn't trouble me too much. I can imagine that no, Robotnik's made imagine. stuff yeah. that's going to roll itself out automatically as time Independent goes operations, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because obviously he did have time to make Badniks to fill the zones with. <laughs> yeah. Because those do exist. There's um, Point Dexters, uh, which is the Badnik we see in this issue, and there's Bubbles. Yeah. And Point Dexters are the ones that really look like a pufferfish, and Pubbleses are the ones that 
look, look like a robot pufferfish. But the bubbles are the ones that are in the Marble Garden zone, and the mm. uh, point dexters are the ones that are in the Hydro City zone. Yeah, we never notice the difference. So, in two instances, we have the wrong pufferfish badnik in the Marble Garden zone. <laughs> Though, to be honest, this is probably because Lou was working off of Kitching's enter knuckles script more than anything else so dave hey when were you going to confess that you stole your idea isn't it super powerful blue spring that shoots you to the floating island zone in your end of mobius fan fiction available on patreon now (laughs) from this issue of the poster mag i mean isn't it gratifying that lou stringer must have been reading my fanfics to uh (laughs) put this in um yeah no it I can't explain it. I haven't read this. but And yet, there it is. There is the spring that takes them to the floating island. And, like, I also, in that same story, do come up with a big badnik that's got different bits of other stuff. I think we're not there yet in the Patreon exclusives. But, yeah, there's a few ideas in common. All I can come up with, all I can really say here is that me and Lou Stringer are of a common mind. <laughs> we have a similar approach to the writing of Sonic Fiction. And or are you sure you haven't read of it? Of course not, no. You have not yeah. owned the poster mag, but another point to make is that this was one of the poster mag stories that would be reprinted in the 1995 holiday special. Yeah, exactly. So you could have read it there. I could have. just stole it wholesale. Although I don't seem to have that and the story was written before that but complicated by the fact that it was rewritten after rewritten you see you don't have the original no, draft you didn't ew. back up your floppies actually i do but i will have to consult them and yes. we're not no. going off of that one <laughs> no. for the patreon we're not returning to the original text well i'm sure we can at some point but uh... no i'm good thanks <laughs> once is gonna be enough thanks <laughs> i'll pick out uh, whatever the goriest scene turns out to be i'll go to the original text and compare them but uh, and then Sonic hit a badnik. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all none of that. He's doing typing. No, it was all done in Biro in a school. Oh, of course, of course. School of course. exercise book at school. Uh, very exciting. Anyway. So, yeah, it's not as if there's a pile to say about the story. No. But um, it is another, possibly, in fact, now that I think about it, the earliest example of Stringer getting his hands on Amy and writing her as a competent fighter mm who's starting to assert herself. She does appear in his Metamorphia stories, but... Or maybe just the first Metamorphia story? I can't remember. Where he just plays with the uh, crush on Sonic stuff. Mm. And uh, same in the uh, the Ice Cap Zone story. Not much more to it than that. We made the point in our recent episode is that this adventure is actually referenced in the first Amy strip in the Christmas issues. Mm. Where she, uh, oh, she yeah. helps him out in this adventure in the Marble Garden Zone where we see her. I mean, it's hard to know for 100%. Knowing that Kitching's intent for the character was to have her sort of deliberately antagonize Sonic a bit. Yeah. You do wonder about some of the exchanges, you know, whatever Sonic goes running for the spring and she's like, any chance of a date, handsome? You're just like, yeah, well, that's pretty bog standard kids comic, mm. comedy quippy level writing. But then, you know, they get to the island and Sonic is not happy that she's come along and he's given off. You're going to get in my way. And she says, do you know your eyes sparkle when you're angry? And I'm not sure if she's having a, yeah. you know, if she's just deliberately trying to get his goat or not, or if she's genuinely <laughs> lost in his big, huge mono eye. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, this story kind of feels like, you know, Lou's looking through the series Bible and he's going, okay, Amy's like this and Sonic's like this, and let's make a story out of that. And it's nice because it's interesting that I think that the the character of the poster mags has ended up being that it's kind of presenting the sort of story STC used to do Mm-mm. before it got carried away on the big stories that we came to love. So, like, here essentially is sort of more of that older style material, only with this post-Sonic 3 sensibility to it and this underground base and Amy and all of that. It's, it's, I don't know, it's just interesting to see those two styles combine, I think. And this is a good one, a good example of it too, because here we have a sort of exploration of the zone type thing we've got lots of features of the zone oh, we have yeah. what's that a spiker bad nick pops up and fires a shot at them there's a point dexter we get the collapsing ground yeah and sonic even says oh yeah sorry i forgot to tell you about that and and it's like oh yeah 
But, yeah. Yeah, so we get all the features of the zone. There's a big swinging spiked ball on a chain there, too. All features of the Marble oh, Garden zone. Oh, yeah. But it, that's not all the story. As you know, it's not a running the zone story in no. the sense that it's not just a story about Sonic goes to a zone and avoids the obstacles and wins the day. It's like the obstacles are genuinely obstacles in the way of something he's trying to accomplish while he's here, you know? Mm. It's the best way to do that type of story. Yeah, the actual threat, the Combinic, only really shows up in the last couple of pages and goes yeah. like, now I'm here as well. And they, and they well, It doesn't that. talk, to be specific, but yes. You know what? Just, you're right. I never noticed that, but you're right. <laughs> just comes burrowing through the wall. And I like this bit. Like, Yes. Gonna, Let's see what this thing's made of. And Sonic charges at him, does a spin attack. Notionally does a spin attack. We know how at least not. <laughs> Let's see what this thing's made of. <laughs> Yeah, very hard materials. Yeah, I like that <laughs> bit. Line. <laughs> also, shout out to the artist, Hadley. Mm-hmm. I really like, top of the last page, the perspective on the giant communic mm-hmm. as it's nice. stalking after them. And, and of course, it does actually have spindly legs and a big weighted top, but it still has this great perspective look of something running, at you, the, the T-Rex running after the Jeep mm-hmm. kind of look to it. And it looks great. And yeah, when Amy says she's stuck for ideas on how to stop it, Sonic gets a thought to lure it into a mud pit. Is there a mud pit in the game? There must be, right? Yes, there's a oh, few. Yes. I can remember it now. Yes, yeah, I they're couldn't. just small and you get stuck in them. Yeah, Could not place it for a bit, but yes. So they run across this narrow walkway, but the combinic follows and its weight causes it to collapse and into the mud it goes. God, you're right. I did When I was reading it, I didn't think of that. That is a, that's an intelligent use of <laughs> running the zone yeah. stuff. Yeah. The way it should be, you know? Yeah. I mean, but I enjoy sort of ironically that it goes back to what I was saying about the poster again, whenever it sinks into the mud, falls in the mud, and it just sort of explodes, you know, because <laughs> that's what happens to robots whenever they suffer anything in a Hadley drawing. It explodes. And yes, it, specifically, its head pops off. Yeah, and three birds yeah. fly, three flicky-type birds come out of it, because it's a combinix, so it's got three badniks, three organic batteries, but they just sort of pop out of non-specific parts of the badnik yeah. and it's just a load of things happening all at once that don't seem very related to one another mm. and that's just how but it's just i don't know what it is about it it's just how hadley always draws badniks being destroyed and it's got to a point where it amuses me now. <laughs> fair enough <laughs> and then the final shot as we've already described is that we as the plane poodles off into the distance because tails comes in his plane to help mm. him out and uh Knuckles burrows up through the ground to sniff around and go, hmm, Sonic was here. But he's got a little potted plant-shaped <laughs> yeah. bit of turf with a flower coming out of it on his head as he emerges from the ground. That was lovely. Do you notice how he's got fingers? Ooh! I know, right? Oh, yeah! He drew it wrong. He gave him fingers. Ooh. It's not nice. I don't like it. Oh, well. And he's very sweaty boy as well. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why when I saw that last panel, I was like, oh, yeah, some, for some reason, like, that panel is just... There's a I have a visceral memory of it because it's it's so he's got fingers. There's a little flower on his head. He's sweating from the exertion of burrowing. It looks nasty. You know, I wouldn't want to reach out and touch knuckles in the current state that he's in. He needs to sort himself out for a bit. Have a rest. Have a shower. Get his better gloves on. Yeah, um, there's a pretty good one. I mean, yeah. th- by the standards of uh, poster mags, uh, I think Stringer's two that he's delivered of the five we've had so far have easily been the best ones. Mm, they've good, yeah. Even though the Shinobi one was pretty good too, but of the Sonic ones, well, the only other Sonic one. Do you is- know what? They're okay, the poster mags. I thought of them as rubbish. There's that one really bad one, which is now doubly bad, and mm. there's like most of them have actually been fine and I, I shied yeah. away from them at the time thinking like oh here's another one of these we had a good shinobi one we had a good supersonic one and we've had this one which is also i mean they're not nobody's gonna hold them up as the best examples no. of the series or anything of sonic the comic but they're perfectly serviceable little stories are quite enjoyable in parts yeah but that's just us saying that after six issues there are a couple more to go like issue number seven advertised on the back page of this issue Streets of Rage in the next Sonic the Poster Mag. Yes. Streets of Rage. Facts of Life. Written by Nigel Kitching. Art by Peter Richardson. Letters by Tom Frame. Blaze, Axel, Max and Skates take on a street gang. But when a bystander calls the cops, our heroes end up being arrested. Rather than being taken in, however, the crooked cops take them to a junkyard to execute them. 
Luckily, one of their number is a young rookie officer not yet on the take, and he releases Blaze, who saves her friends. But the young cop is too afraid to quit the force, and the Street Ragers will have to keep on fighting to wipe out crime alone. This issue was released on October 22nd, which was the week between issues 37 and 38, which means that, despite what we're told at the end of this issue, we cannot yet follow Streets of Rage back mm. into Sonic the Comic yet. So this marks Nigel Kitching's first stab at writing it. Oh, I thought it was great, this one. <laughs> yeah, this is, I mean, once again, like we said about the first couple of chapters of the new serial that starts in a couple of issues' time, you wouldn't know it wasn't by Mark Miller. It absolutely fits the style. And it has that same thing where it's like doing more than you would expect Sonic the Comic to do. And I guess to a certain extent they're kind of freed from the shackles of Sonic the Comic in this particular publication. But um, because that's, you know, mostly what I know Nigel from, I guess I didn't expect him to go to some of the extremes that he does. Yeah. And it's great. I mean, so look at the progression. This is the progression that he gives us through the whole concept of Streets of Rage as his basically first, you know, go at it. Mm. You start with a bad city at night. Great. Dangerous thugs willing to attack a young woman on her own. Okay. Wait a minute, she can take them. Wait a minute, she's not alone and she's got these friends. Oh, okay, good, here's the police, this whole problem is over. Wait a minute, they're arresting the heroes. And then it turns out the heroes are wanted more than the criminal gangs are anyway. And then they drive them to this remote location and are going to execute them with bullets <laughs> to the back of the head. They push one of them down, put the gun on the back All of the head. All comes back to that, doesn't it? We've seen that before in Streets of Rage yeah. and it never gets like, it never stops being... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it's a children's comic. And then, you know, there's one good cop in the group, but he's going to be killed by the other cops if he doesn't... If they don't make it look like... He's like, oh, rough me up a bit. Make it look like mm. I resisted. And then Axel, or Alex, as he's called at least once... Yes, they, they goof <laughs> out there that one time in that panel. Yeah, I'm starting to think, is that just his name? Is his name really Alex? Yeah, Alex Axelstone. <laughs> <laughs> and he's actually quite quick to lose control and just keep beating the guy up. So these guys aren't like sparkly clean heroic people anyway it's really cool there's yeah there's your story and, and nigel's giving it that level of progression in what is what how many pages five six six pages not a lot to work with but a lot's gone in no it's a nice sort of tight the whole streets of rage concept in one go and art by the regular streets of rage artist peter richardson and even the regular letterer tom freem mm. so this is not some weird spin-off by another art you know it, even though it's got a different writer tonally stylistically and then because of the art and the lettering are the same visually it's all of a piece with the streets of rage yeah. we've had up until now it's not some two-bit operation mm. it's a full 16-bit operation <laughs> <laughs> I, there's one panel in this I just love. Oh, yeah. I was drawn to it right away. It's on page five after uh, Blaze is freed and she uh, judo chops yes. the fella in the neck. It's the next panel down. There's two cops who have guns to Max's head as our heroes come running in the background mm. and the big, big grin on Max's deeply, darkly <laughs> shadowed face <laughs> as he realizes what's going on yeah. behind him. I love that. Yeah. Oh, it's a lot of fun. This could have been like a live-action TV series, you know, A-Team style, mm. sometime in the 80s. That's what this is. It's even more, maybe, than it is, like, if you took what's allowed in a film and put it in the aesthetic of an A-Team, that's what Streets of Rage is. <laughs> We've always talked about Streets of Rage has that 80s energy. Yeah. And, yeah, it's sad in a way that, you know, after Mark Miller did two strips and got the whole team together, as it were, mm -hmm. by adding skates, that we only got this and one more about him whenever yeah. you know and, and and obviously well we haven't we haven't read all of it but mm. I, and I don't remember exactly how it ends but it's not like they ever foiled all crime no or took mr x down in the course of the uh well like, yeah, you know, they did take mr x down at the end of miller's second strip so it was a solid wrap-up for the whole thing i guess now that i think about it oh but you know but you could definitely have told exactly as you say a team style adventures where there's some other different crime and mm. that you know they find the one member of the force or whatever organization in that week's episode sympathetic to yeah, their exactly uh, it's such a strong 80s TV premise that I wonder if it is one and I just didn't watch this particular series because the, <laughs> the idea that the cops are so corrupt that some of them are so exasperated with crime that they're now working outside the law, 
That must have been on telly, mustn't it? Well, I mean, I really want to say it was, but yeah. I can't name but anything. But what was it? You know? Yeah. It must be. It'll be one of those things that I didn't watch. I mean, the A-team were about a group of people who worked yeah. outside of the law, so there was that. But... Yeah, but they weren't ex-cops, I don't think. No, but they were. Crack commando unit who were sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. That's right, yeah. Mm, yeah. Okay, so it's very close to the A-team, actually. It's pretty close, yeah. <laughs> except it's all in one city. And there's an actual, like, one man body who manipulates everything from off uh, mm. off screen, as it were. Yeah. But then I never used to watch the A-Team, so I don't know. No, neither did I. I was too little. I don't know what used to go on in that. One problem, though, that we have is, mm. because we are working off the scans, is that we don't have any idea what the poster is. No, it's not on the front. Yeah, they normally show a thumbnail of it on the front cover, but uh, on this it's just... Um, I guess when you look at the layout of the front cover, there's not really a good place for it, is it? The no. way Richardson has drawn the cover is everybody is quite evenly spaced out on it, so if you put the big poster thumbnail, it would cover someone's face or so much of their body that wouldn't be worth having them on there because mm. yeah the cover is just our four heroes charging forward sega's street fighting super team plus a giant action-packed streets of rage poster 175 it's gone up already oh my word and that's a heck of a leap a 30p leap i mean i'm surprised they sold any but uh <laughs> that price but it's am a good I right? one. it is a good one yeah, yeah. Maybe they were assuming that it's older kids are interested in this and they've got more pocket money, but I don't know. In Streets of Rage or in the poster mag? Streets of Rage. Well, we'll see if it comes down next issue, we and I have a pretty strong suspicion it's not going yeah. to. <laughs> we do think we might know what the poster is, though, yeah. because the next issue page on the previous poster mag contains a piece of Streets of Rage art that's not in this issue anywhere, mm. and it's um, the Battle Van. And uh, Max, Axel, and Blaze. Blaze is driving, and then uh, Axel and Max are hanging out the two sides of it, firing automatic weapons and a bazooka down the street with the... I still automatically go to Batman the Animated Series, you know, when I see Mm. these black buildings lit by these stark yellow spotlights of the police helicopters. Did this artist ever do any Batman Animated Series tie-in comics? It'd be great at them. He would be, wouldn't he? Or just Batman in general. Well, Batman in general, but it takes... The aesthetic of it is like... It's like the animated series, but then blown up a bit more. A yeah. bit more stretchy, a bit Looser, more... Looser, sketchy. Mm, like, the shape of this uh, van is determined mostly by the lines that he wanted to draw than an, <clears throat> what the shape of the van would actually be. It's bulging out at the sides. Yeah. In, and that's something I really like whenever you, you get a cartoonist who can make that work. The buildings and the, the sort of bridge thing they're going under are just sort of curving off in whatever direction looks the best. And it looks very Gotham City. Also, I do like the diagonal like rain of bullets across the uh, windscreen there mm, bullet yeah. holes that's great if you can confirm that this was the poster i feel pretty confident it must mm. have been right yeah yeah but if you can confirm that do let us know stctpodcast at gmail.com yeah so the only thing left in the street to raids issue is the bad next issue page at the back <laughs> oh yeah yeah it's not good lots of Clip art, vector art. Yeah, there's uh, a big clip art. And now, actually, I don't think we've seen this before, but I think we're going to no. see it again as a, a tattoo, I believe. If we haven't seen it as a tattoo before, no, mm. we definitely must at some point. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very familiar drawing of Knuckles. Very simple. It's one of these vector art things that they put together either in the studio or at Sega to distribute as stickers and that sort of thing. And he's coming up at you with one fist forward and one fist back and a little grin on his face. And behind him is just, uh, yet again, that oft-reused Sonic's head winking winking Sonic with the rippled-up closed eye with lines all over the flipping place and just sort of exploding a big purple starburst behind him and some concentric circles behind all of that. It's just a design. They had no assets. Yeah, it's not a picture. All it says is, new poster, new story. It's like they they didn't even know what what it was going to (laughs) be. It probably didn't. At least last issue, they knew it was going to be Streets of Rage. Well, they know it was going to be Sonic and Knuckles, but last issue, they seemed like they had the poster design or something. Yeah. But we do, because we have it here and it's The Chaos Emerald Thief written by Nigel Kitching with art by Bojan Jukic letters by Elita Fell In the Metropolis Zone a thief named Smirch meets with a cloaked buyer to sell him some stolen goods The Purple Chaos Emerald purloined from the floating island 
Sonic crashes the party, but Smirch escapes under cover of a gas bomb. Sonic confronts the buyer, who turns out to be Knuckles himself, here to get his emerald back. Using a tracking device built by Porker Lewis, the pair hunt for Smirch, but mostly end up just arguing and getting in each other's way, until eventually Knuckles runs out of patience and clobbers Sonic, sending him flying, to land right on top of Smirch. The emerald is recovered, and Sonic insists he did it all on purpose. Now, when you see this one in the shelf in the Smiths, or in the supermarket, or in the newsagent, or wherever you are... Oh, yeah. You look like you're in for a treat, don't you? Because we've got you've... a Nigel kitchen cover with an inset of a Nigel kitchen poster. Yes. Ooh. So the cover... So the cover is Sonic and Knuckles jumping through the air. They're both doing a big jumpy pose. And in the background, a death egg looming. Mm. It's almost like this cover maybe wasn't drawn specifically for this issue or something, you know? Yeah. It's such a representative image of the whole Sonic and Knuckles game dealy. I think there's, I it, think there's one more clue that this wasn't mm. drawn specifically for this. Is it the fact that Knuckles is Knuckles purple pink? Knuckles is purple pink, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pink, pink. And we know that by this time they've been through all sorts of iterations of what colour Knuckles should be, having long since landed on red, right? This didn't come out long ago. No, this issue was released on November 26th, the same day as issue number 40. Oh. Which is a funny thing, because I realised mm -hmm. in issue number 40, the Control Zone has an ad for the poster mag number 7, the Streets mm -hmm. of Rage issue, and says it's out now. Because this issue of the poster mag is never advertised in Sonic the Comic. So I think that the Control Zone goofed and included the wrong poster mag yeah. that month. Yeah. In that case, why do I recognise the inset poster so much? The inset poster, as you say, it's another Nigel Kitching piece. A lovely piece of Sonic and Knuckles going at it. Sonic and Knuckles going at it. Oh, it's great. Big, chunky. Oh, I love it. Isn't it great? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big, round, full, <laughs> plump. <laughs> why do I sound like I'm describing a turkey dinner <laughs> <laughs> against the background of green machinery and pipes mm. and bits and chugging stuff with Robotnik at the top with his arms up in the air as the usual once again doing the arms yeah that's what you do yeah. if Robotnik's in the background yeah. that's what he's doing no the reason uh, you recognize this poster uh -huh. David is because it was reprinted in the 1995 holiday special <laughs> as a one page <laughs> pinup oh right thank you God, I wonder why I looked at that so much because hey apparently I did it's a good drawing it's a good that's what I was going to say it's a good drawing by Nigel Kitching and the thing is on the cover, Sonic and Knuckles are, like, jumping up towards you with the death egg in the background. Frankly, it would have been a good design for, you know, the title screen of Sonic and Knuckles. Knuckles big in the foreground, Sonic yep. small in the background, yeah. But in the poster, they're fighting each other. They mm. are punching e each other equal size. with their fists. They're crossing big each other. Fists. They're having big swingy fists. Yeah, that's a great, great poster. Kitching really did draw great Sonic when he wanted to, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, when he wanted Why to. Why didn't he do it more? I mean, I'm sure he was. He did it when they paid him to. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why he didn't do it more, because yeah. I can only bring, like, a couple of stories to mind. I can't really remember him drawing Sonic. I look forward to finding out that he did, but... Yeah. yeah. It was always when... Uh, there were always Lou-written stories. Um. He did the art for the Mechanic, the one um. about the giant, like, Tyrannosaurus badnik, right around <laughs> the time of the rebrand, when they changed the design of the comic. And he did some of the Brutus backup oh, strips as well, really? when, when uh, Lou wrote those. Right. Yeah. But he, he, they're really good. Yeah. And then you open her and up. And then you open it up. Yeah. So we have a mystery artist here who we've never heard of before because we had a Boyandu catch. This is a Boyandu kitch. Yes. A third artist. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I wonder if he is the same person as him or MDJ Boyan. Yeah. No. Yes. This is the Wonder Boy artist. Yes. Yeah. It turns out that his name was spelled wrong during the last run of Wonder Boy stories. This uh, Dukic, K-I-C, that... Kitch, that sounds right. That sounds like an actual way you would no pronounce that. No wonder we uh, couldn't Kitch, find perhaps. anything about this one. Yeah. He's a Serbian artist. And, right. Uh, yeah, he has websites and stuff. And he doesn't seem to be too active right now. His Twitter and uh -huh. his DeviantArt haven't updated in a year or two. But yeah, you can okay. find him online now. Oh, okay. And, uh, God love him, but he's not suited to this at all, is he? I mean, the first thing that I think throws the whole thing off uh -huh. is... There's no title bar. Now, the earliest, yeah. um, the Supersonic issue didn't have a title bar either. And the next issue we're about to look at in a few minutes, it doesn't have one either. And it it always makes it look kind of cheap and crummy mm, and not mm. STC-ish. But especially looking at these four issues together, when both the Streets of Rage strip and Stringer's Marble Garden issue have the traditional Sonic the Comic title bar across mm. the top, telling us the name of the strip 
and the title and the creator credits and everything, to just have them then imposed on here in a very plain font. Yeah, just someone's typed it, it on. It, it the whole the whole vibe is off. Because it just says Sonic and Knuckles in without using the Sonic and Knuckles logo, yeah. which you've got right there. So the whole vibe is off. And then a bar in the poorest part of Robotnik's capital city on Mobius, the Metropolis Zone. No. Listen, no. I don't know what this is, but this isn't the Metropolis Zone. This is some fantasy wonderland he's drawn again. This is something out of Golden Axe or, or Wonder Boy. I am fascinated by what I'm looking at here because I, it's like I'm looking at two sides of the same artist here because some of the stuff in this comic is worse than his Wonder Boy art. But some of it is great. Like, I, I really like this establishing shot. It's, it's... I mean, look, a lot of what's going on in this first issue is it is Star Wars-based. We're yeah. in the cantina and there's something about the nobliness of this area it's not from Tatooine but it's it sort of harkens back to it in a little way mm. but it's an absolutely fantastic creation where you've got yeah. this wide rocky area but all the rocks seem to build up in kind of bubbly shapes leading to these odd paths going off into space there's like a little planet and a moon in space mm-hmm. the planet's got a hole going through it there's a castle or something but it could just be a rock formation the there's mushrooms, but they could just be rocks. It's fascinating. These mushrooms closer to seem to have wings. Are they rocks? Are they mushrooms? Are they people? Don't know. The bar, the metro bar, it says, is like drilled into a, a rocky surface. It's absolutely not the Metropolis Zone in no. any way, but it it's cool, whatever it is. Yeah, it puts me in mind of something like uh, Casanova's, yeah. where he's drawn a, a fantastic, not quite on the level of Casanova's, let's be real, no, but nice. a very nice looking... Mm. Like a half fantasy, half sci-fi landscape yeah. of some strange alien world of cities and the mountains and clouds. Yeah. It's not the Metropolis Zone. No. And then two things happen at once, which are really weird. One is that we we start to see characters. There's this purple bird thing, and then there's this mysterious cloaked figure, and mm-hmm. those are both drawn. It's like they're not good enough. But then Sonic comes in, and I've got no problem with the way he draws Sonic at all. I mean. I wouldn't be so harsh on Smirch. It doesn't look that bad. And you try and draw a convincingly cloaked Sonic character. Okay, it's Knuckles, right? And he's oh yeah, he's in disguise. That's who it is. And we know because he's got Knucklesy eyes. Oh, and his knuckles are poking out of the and sleeve. And his knuckles are on full display, yeah. <laughs> the eyes are, like, at the very front of the cloak. Yeah. So it belies that, you know, it's all black inside the cloak. That doesn't make sense, and it doesn't follow the shape of his head. But look at the body and the arms. It, they're just sort of hanging off. There's no 3D construction inside it. And yet, his Sonic is perfectly good. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a good Sonic. His background establishing shot, perfectly good. So there's nothing else in the comic that I think is nearly as dodgily drawn as that coat... Or the bird guy. I don't see anything wrong with the bird guy. Like, it's not cool. great or anything, but I don't see anything wrong with it. It's just very uninspired. Okay, good. That's that's good. I'm glad you don't. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't think the artist... I mean, next page, when the cloak comes off, his knuckles isn't very good. His knuckles is strange. It is... That's what it is. It's just the lack of construction. Like, page four... The squishiest, oddest Knuckles face. Mm. I do wonder what his reference was. Because you notice how his Knuckles views always seem to sort of be looking down at him kind of from the top a bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wonder what his reference was. And his dreads don't seem to... They're just kind of flying wildly. Their lengths, irrespective of where they're supposed to be attached, maybe would be the best way to say it. Yeah. So, anyway, what I will say is, I don't usually like to come down too hard on the art because I kind of... This is the point I'm getting at. I kind of like these strange artifact issues where it's like, yeah. this would never happen anymore. And it kind of wouldn't have happened when it happened. It's weird that they printed something that looks so outsider and so zinesy as this. Mm-hmm. And it's fascinating to see it. And I like that. That's why I like it. It's like, um, I don't know, it's something that you can... It's like when you see those weird mangas that they brought out of Sonic now and then. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, wow, this it's almost like outsider art of Sonic, but it was official and it got printed. And it's just... Yeah, this I can get with. I can you know get what I mean? saying on this. The whole, like, irrespective of quality or lack thereof, yeah. the whole visual vibe of this mm. issue is just not right. Mm. 
there's something just off about the whole environment, the palette even of the thing. Yeah. Doesn't feel right. And look at page three where it all suddenly goes black and white and you get these hideous but brilliant Mobian extras. We've complained before that like this artist or that artist doesn't draw rabbits the way you would expect them. This is like... <laughs> yeah, I don't know what those are. Full-on... Cantina aliens. Star Wars-y looking Cantina aliens. They're like they're yeah. out of, you know, trading cards of weird <laughs> yeah. sci-fi stuff. Alien top trumps or whatever. Fascinating. He was not given... Uh, Anything. Uh, like a good brief or reference. He's got yeah. something he's working off of for Knuckles yep. that's a bit awkward and not giving him everything he needs. Yep. And then nothing on anything else no the metropolis zone well known for its cobblestone streets yeah. and medieval style taverns there's literally nothing about it that resembles the metropolis zone i mean they stress it's supposed to be the poorest part yeah. but that's just so they can do a whole hive of scum yeah. and villainy slum cantina type thing not because it's supposed to look like a Asterix village. <laughs> Art aside, like some of the stuff that happens here is quite fun, like the way Sonic and Knuckles are constantly sniping at each other as they wander along, you know. It's a good script, yeah. Who wrote this one again? Uh, this is Kitching. Oh, well, there you are. That makes sense. Like, Knuckles punches the wall to create a shockwave that's going to topple a, a stack of barrels over on Smirch, but Sonic's ignoring him and rushes in to try and grab him, and the barrels all fall over on Sonic and break the tracker that they're using. Yeah. I mean, I love that the climax is Knuckles finally gets fed up, hauls off, and just bops him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, that does it. <laughs> but then, he, I mean, now here's another notable artistic yeah, feeling. Yeah, it doesn't it's work, like does it? Knuckles, he whomps him, and he's sent flying, but, you know, in between panels, mm. instead of being sent flying backwards in a very weird Sonic's eyelids watch moment where we get the, oh, the yeah. pupils close in the monogoggle and then you know he's knocked backwards from the punch and then we cut to him neatly sailing feet first forwards smacking smirch in the back you know yeah whereas the script seems to imply that knuckles punched him into this guy that he should be just flying backwards and crashes into him the script does call for sonic to go ha gotcha although you never know that could have been added in yeah, yeah. After the art came back to match better with it. I mean, to be honest, like, I think at this point we have ascertained that Kitching is not the best at the single adventure scripts. This is one of his better ones, I will say. But, like, the central conceit that some jobber was able to get on the floating island and nick the purple Chaos Emerald? <laughs> yeah. That doesn't scan. I like it as a concept, the idea that. Basically, I'm a fan of the Chaos Emeralds of the thing, so whenever they're brought in, I'm like, yeah, give me Chaos Emeralds. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yes, I'm not sure how anyone would even get there, let alone get back. Well, this chap is some kind of bird, so uh, maybe he flew. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, maybe. And then Sonic spends the final panel going, no, I saw him sneaking off. I just couldn't be bothered to run after him. So I let you punch me into him. Yeah, it's a, it's a lovely little idea. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a it's a strange mixture this one mm. in in many ways i think this is the kind of story that epitomizes in our memory what the poster mags in general were yes but it's actually not representative no. of them as a whole no it's yeah and we're not trying to rip on the artist or anything no. but he's generally speaking a bad match for the material mm, yeah i don't know maybe if they'd given him some reference or something but it's clear that he wasn't even told to leave space for a title bar you know yeah he didn't know what he was working with yeah yeah that's fine i wonder how this one came about it's so mm. so interesting and uh that leaves us with just one more issue number nine Trapped in the Vortex, written by Lou Stringer, art by Nigel Dobbin, and letters by Elita Fell. Sonic and Tails arrive in the Labyrinth Zone to investigate reports of missing people. But Tails is glum, wondering if their constant efforts to fight for good are really making any kind of difference. An attack by some motobugs sends our heroes plunging into the waters of the zone. Tails is able to fly to safety, but Sonic is caught in the pull of a whirlpool-generating machine. Emerging from the water, Tails spots the missing people being herded into a prison wagon by Trooper Badniks and, forced to make a choice, decides to rescue them instead of helping Sonic. Fortunately, Sonic is able to destroy the whirlpool machine and he congratulates Tails on making the right choice. As the people wish the two heroes a happy new year, Tails realises that they are making a difference after all. Issue number nine, still 175. Oh. This was released on December 24th, the same day as issue number 42. So the same day as the second Christmas special issue, they have this 
New Year story, sort of. Mm, yeah. So the cover of this one is the same as the next issue page of the previous one, which is, in a rare move, a cover that directly reflects the contents of the issue of oh. Sonic and Tails being sucked into an underwater whirlpool machine. Cover by Mike Hadley on this one. Yes, and the poster by the looks of it as well, inset there. Poster also him, which once again is a different image of Sonic and Tails fighting Badniks underwater yeah, being sucked into a with whirlpool, a big whirlpool machine. machine. Although, something yeah. about the kineticism is it? You could even imagine that they get sucked in at this end, pop out the other end, and <laughs> yeah. bash the Badniks there. Yes, it's like two separate versions of the same scene, which maybe it is. Maybe these were both submitted and they were like, ah, draw them both. <laughs> yeah, do one, one or the other. A, grand. And there, uh, the poster has a submarine up in the corner. It does. And obviously, we're dealing with very low resolution, but I'm willing to bet my bum that exactly. uh, Robotnik is in there. Probably with his two probably. arms stuck up in the air. Yeah, if they can fit up, we can't see. If anyone's got a better mm. scan of this, do send it to us or just take a photo. But never mind the cover. There's one obvious uh, huge quality that the interior strip has that makes this very notable. <laughs> is this our very first strip by Nigel Dobbin? It sure is. Here he is. And boy, he ain't there yet, is he? So Dobbin has yet to figure out how to fit his style so that it works on Sonic characters. But distract yourself from his odd, mm-hmm. haunted old man version of Tails. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> and look at the backgrounds and the general work here. It's clear this is a phenomenal oh, the, artist, isn't it? The craft is oh. beautiful. Yeah. Oh, I love it. There are some good shots of Sonic. I, yeah. I like the one on page uh, three where he's being pulled into the vortex. Mm. Do you know what? Altogether, mm. this is like how I would expect Sonic to look if he'd been created by and was being animated by uh, British cartoonists, <laughs> like Cosgrove right. Hall or something. It's got that kind of weird, proportionate sort of style to it. The tails is, oh, no, <laughs> with this separate... I mean, I think part of it is that the eyes don't come down to the muzzle. Yes, they sit above the muzzle and they have these sort of brow ridges and he, he looks... So sad and old and, and yeah. weary. Makes his eyes look sunken because they don't connect. Uh, it looks like he's got... It doesn't. It gives you the sense that there are bags under his mm. eyes because there's an under his eyes mm. for there to be Well, bags. you can tell that he, that I just come from odd alien comics, you know? He's doing space stuff in 2000 AD and it shows. But his landscapes are so pretty and when he's underwater oh, I, it all I mean, has this greenish look to it that's just lovely i adore like, like the, the paint um, work the the few um i'll call them emerald hill folk labyrinth zone folk yeah the, like they don't really well it's a weird mm. one because they're all proportioned quite well for the world of sonic mm. but they just have certain features that aren't quite right but they're still great yeah. looking proper like british children's painterly storybook yeah. illustrations yeah, yeah, yeah. of animals god Look at those motobugs on oh, the page. No. They don't look anything no. like motobugs. What bugs. are they? But they look gorgeous. Fantastic. They're these weird oh, jeweled flying and gold, gold bejeweled. Oh, it's, mm. I mean, it, it's still <laughs> like a, a ladybug themed with the two sickle arms and it's running around it, well as it's running it's around it's got, the, it's got the belly flying. wheel you know they are flying they've got a wheel yeah. I don't I, yes I don't know what he yes I don't know what he was deciding to do all there. the elements of motobugs are there he was working do you wonder if the proper... he had a script again that said the motobugs fly in and he's like well okay well I've looked up what a motobug is I'm just going to compromise and draw this <laughs> that's it we've never been sure who's been goofing no. up on what end on, on the motobug <laughs> thing in the Mike Hadley strips but he's got the right ref for what a motobug is he's just decided to totally put his own zoosh on it yeah oh it's it's great it like really is ornate and then in when the when the shark things come in the little piranha the badly, jaws is, yeah yes. oh they're so great they have this sweep shape to them they're really his 3d is great his sense of place mm. is great oh, God, and his, the, everything in this it feels like you could reach out and squeeze it mm, yeah Even the sonic into like you might not want to reach out and squeeze haunted old man tails but it looks as if tails could. is being squeezed too hard and that's what's happening to his face <laughs> <laughs> so worried all the time look then there at page um four where tails spots the emerald hill folk and just like the casual design of the paddy wagon they're being oh, loaded into god it's it's a big egg a big egg it is but it's a oh it's like a sort of it's like a sort of space carriage like an ancient carriage but also sci-fi and it Mm. it's a it's an egg it's got these sort of gilded bits on it it's got this ramp that's come down in a way that makes it look kind of futuristic even though it's got wheels a bit like the vehicles in the early issues of dragon ball it's got this fascinating design comparison yeah 
And then the whole thing, the look of the whole, the painted look of the whole thing, which looks somehow more granular. I wonder if he painted them kind of bigger than some of the artists did, because it looks so careful and intricate and precise and it looks sort of european albumy there's a great european album sense about it isn't yeah. there without his actual cartooning having the ubiquitous style of that that, that a lot of them do there this is on the mobius end of things that mm. which is appropriate for sonic <laughs> <laughs> it's great and then tails what it's like is if tails was like you know it like the sonic movie was made by the people who did mac and me that's what <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> But yes, but I mean, this is just one of those things where the craft, unlike say last issue, where the the quality of the craft is so apparent that you easily look past this. And whenever you remember how good he would become at drawing the world of Sonic and yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember if like he does end up drawing tails again. I'm sure he must do it. I'm sure he must at some point. I mean, we're still like. 20 or more issues out from seeing him take over the knuckle strip whereupon he will become basically the regular artist of knuckles for the entire rest of the comics history and to look at this you know exactly why he was hired to do knuckles this is beautiful magic island in the sky stuff he's drawing here and it just go well Laputa, it kind of has a, a little taste of that in it already and it's like yep that this is the guy i don't know that i have anything to say about the story but whenever you have this much to say about the art, you know? I actually can't remember the story because I was just peering at the art so much. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, we get the old Sonic Count Swim bit and then... Oh, yes, this is the one where it's all based around this ultimate choice Tails has yeah. to make. It's really a Tails strip. Sonic yes. is just uh, there to facilitate the story for Tails. And it does say Sonic and Tails rather than just Sonic. Yeah, this isn't a Sonic yeah. story or a Tails It's a Sonic and Tails story. Yeah. It kind of leaves off. It kind of switches halfway, doesn't it? It starts as a, an average story, which kind of makes it a Sonic story. And then mm. as Sonic gets pulled down into the vortex, a big deal is made out of Tails in the sky looking at Sonic drowning there and civilians being kidnapped there. And he's like, oh, oh, which one do I do? Oh, and he makes the decision. It's a hard decision. He basically, he thinks he's kind of condemning Sonic to death, but he's saving more. It's the trolley problem, mm. Tails has got. I mean, more page space, we should say, is actually given over to Sonic and yeah. saving himself from the machine. Tails' yeah. rescue of the people. We just see him clobber badniks in one panel, then we cut back to Sonic yeah. for a page and a half. So... I guess, it, yeah, it's not really a Tails story. It is a Sonic and Tails story, but it's the, That's the choice moment. that Tails has to make that yeah. is the thrust of the story around which it is sculpted. Yeah, yeah, it's the big emotional moment of the story, and you feel, you feel, because it's that sort of moment, time slows down a bit while you read it. It's a, oh, it's a tension half a page, and then the next half a page mm. is bish, bash, bash. Yeah. And also it strikes me that Stringer, mm. this being a Stringer mm. one, and you can tell it's a Stringer one too, there's a lot going on in here, mm. that he's really getting a handle on Sonic and Tails now. We've mm. seen him have a little difficulty with that so far, just putting dumb words in Tails' mouth <laughs> and Sonic just kind of ripping on him for it. But uh, in this one, you know, I mean, we had, we had a little of both. You know, Sonic, the explosion of the Whirlpool machine blows Sonic out of the water and Tails says, Sonic, you're alive. Your powers of observation never cease to amaze me, Furface. And then Tails says, sorry I left you down there, but I had to rescue the people and I didn't have enough time to help you as well. And, ah, chill, Tails. It's all right. You made the right decision. I did? Sure. Cool dude like me can always find a way to get out of a trap. Saving the people is more important. It's like, yeah. now we're, now it's home. Yeah. Now we get it. That's yeah. one of those moments we've pointed to before where if you just take the panel where Sonic's being mean to him, you miss the next, the subtext in the next panel where he's going like, no, you did the right thing, mate. It's a little, it reminds me of, you know, um, when he says, Johnny, get the Chaos Emeralds, because Robotnik's got Paul. Yeah. That, this is Sonic being like... just snaps to it, yeah. no hesitation. He's like, yeah, yeah they, I like to joke around, I like to be, I like to rib everyone, but we've got a job to do and you did it right. And I am cool and cocky enough that I can get away with it too, because I am better than you, but... Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, it's, it's a little New Year message at yeah. the end here too. Yeah. They, they hear the hooray for Sonic and Tails, Happy New Year! But obviously, but there we get the little little spin back at the end where it tells us, sorry I had doubts earlier, Sonic, but now I realise that every time we help someone, it does make the world a better place. Ah, oh, cooler with the sentimental stuff, Tails, you're going to make me ill. Let's just make a New Year's resolution to continue fighting against Robotnik for as long as it takes. 
Yeah. And in that sense, this really makes it a nice final issue for the poster it man. Because there's no next issue tag. There's no the end. No. There's just the sense that the adventure will continue, mm. you know, through Sonic's words as they'll keep on fighting. It goes it's a on. good closer for the poster man yeah. as a whole. And Nigel Dobbin does a lovely final panel that fits that brief exactly because it's uh, mm. there's no background except for this yeah. sort of, you know, irising out sky in the background. Just a, there's a circular bit of blue in the background but completely unmoored to that is this crowd of waving mobians while sonic and tails break well, out the and... crowd is moored to the the blue they okay but they're they not touch it and the, you know but you know what i mean it's like aesthetically it's as if they're just coming out over the overlap right. of the iris as sonic and tails come running all the way right. out of it and leave that behind yeah you know? yeah it's lovely it's um you know it's kind of like the end of a well, dare I say, it's like the end of an episode of Adventures, except classy. <laughs> yes, except yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something about the way they're something about the way they're tearing, you know, out of the closing iris and into the, you know, out of your TV and going like, "Bye, kids" or whatever. I don't know. It's nice, and it, but just the arrangement of them all in the panel. It's a great standalone picture. It's lovely. Mm. It really is great work. It does make you realise we've been overly harsh retro, you know, in our memories. As a, a collectively of the poster mags, mm, really does. The strip by the by was one of the other ones that would be reprinted in the 1995 holiday special too. It was mm. this one and the Marble Garden one, and then also the Supersonic one and the Bad Racist one. Right. Yeah. Thought they'd reprint that, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Must have been really hurting for content. So then, you know, back cover. It's just uh, it's a reprint of um, what was this? The cover of issue number 18, wasn't it? Oh, so it is. Yeah, notable yes, when, for the uh, fact that it you know isn't saying next issue. It's just yeah. saying Happy New Year. This is uh, the cover of Tails in the Spotlight because his new strip was starting that issue, mm-hmm. and Sonic looking grumpy in the background, arms folded, and yep, Tails says Happy New Year, and Sonic says Hey, that's my line, and that's it. Yeah, no, no next issue. Like mm-hmm. they didn't tell us. Sonic, the poster no. mag, is cancelled now. They're, they just didn't tell us there was going to be a next issue. And they hadn't been telling us there were going to be next issues on the back of the issues until this crop of issues. Oh, really? Because right. previously it had only come out quite intermittently. Yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. It's only now. These came out in uh, September, October, November, and December, whereas the, the previous ones had come out in, what, November, December, March, summer, sometime? Yeah. And then, yeah. It's not the neatest of last pages. Let's not be wrong. You know the uh, the speech bubbles are pretty dire. And um, yes. what was that you said about the ear? What did you notice? I don't. Well, so in this here on the poster mag, Sonic's got two versions of his ear drawn at once. The f- oh, the further ear. This is his left ear. The ear furthest yeah. away from the camera. Yeah, like there's an ear, and then there's two attempts the ghost of it. The, a second outline. Yeah. yeah, and the second outline is bigger than the first, but they're both clearly drawn in pen, outlined. And on the original cover that this is a reprint of, you can't see that because the bigger of the two ears has been taken as it and it's all been coloured in. So that line has been covered up. So this is like an earlier copy of the art that they've dug out. It's a piece of Carl Flint art. They've gone back to whatever Flint delivered originally before they touched it up and coloured it up to become the actual... uh, Yeah, because it's... uh, the background is dark grey instead yeah, of the purple yeah, the, of the instead of that purpley blue color on the uh, on the actual issue. So yeah, interesting how that was sort of uh, chucked together. But yeah, and what a lovely year 1994 was. I've really enjoyed sitting in it again. Yes, I mean, I mean, you can't say 2020 has been a lovely year, but the part of 2020 we have spent in 1994, yeah, <laughs> has been quite lovely. Our first full calendar year, January oh. through to December, and. Um, Polishing it off and slightly tweak, tweaking our schedule with yes, if if we have our numbers right, you should be hearing this at the start of January 1995. Should happy be, New Year, everyone! Yeah, Happy New Year. Hopefully, this year will be better than last, but um, things feel like maybe yeah, we're on the right track right now. Yeah, I think we're having an uptick, and uh, with STC, we're about to hit some good stuff as well. Ooh, just you wait and see. We've got a good 1995 coming up That's for right. you. That's right, high-speed comic action with Sonic and the Sega Superstars every fortnight on sale everywhere, as it says right here. And what action. Mm. 
we know we've got coming in the year 1995 and beyond. Yes. And we hope you'll continue to join us for that excitement. You'll be able to find new episodes anywhere podcasts are available, but you can download them from our website at stctp.wigglehe.com. You can follow the podcast on Twitter. It's at Sonic Podcast, and you can follow us separately on there as well. I'm at Demon Tomato Dave. And I am at Chris McFeely, and we're both on YouTube under those names as well. You can support the podcast on Patreon. It is Patreon dot com forward slash sonic podcast and on there we do videos you'll enjoy them yeah we got extra bonus episodes for you there where we look at the martin adams sonic novels and dave's opus yeah. of a teenage fan fiction uh, we're delivering you one video about each of those a month at the moment that's right so uh, if you want to check those out that's where you go yep video and audio you take your pick patreon.com slash stctp our editor is sam samgabrielvo.com our opening theme is synchronized by sonic the comic the band and we are sonic the comic the podcast and have we have been for a year will yeah. be for many more to come yeah surprising number more to come <laughs> but uh let's take it a day at a time we will see you next time Yeah, the inset poster, as you say, it's another Nigel Kitching piece. A, a, a lovely piece of Sonic and Knuckles going at it. Sonic and Knuckles going at it. Ooh, going at it. Isn't it great? Oh, it's great. Big, chunky Sonic and Knuckles going at it. Ooh, plump. Sonic and Knuckles. Oh, I love it. Sonic and Knuckles going at it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Going at it. Sonic and Knuckles going at it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Going at it. Sonic and Knuckles going at it. Sonic and Knuckles going at it. Ooh, going at it. Isn't it great? Oh, it's great. Big. Chunky Sonic and Knuckles going at it. Ooh, plump. Sonic and Knuckles. Oh, I love it. Sonic and Knuckles going at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going at it. Sonic and Knuckles going at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going at it. Sonic and Knuckles going at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going at it. Sonic and Knuckles going at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going at it. Sonic and Knuckles going at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going at it.